For Delaware State of the Arts, I'm Terrence Van, and my guests today are actually two good friends of mine. I have Jonathan Whitney and Eliza Jarvis here from Flux Creative, two extremely bright people, uh, and it's it's an absolute blessing to be able to talk to you today. We're going to be really diving into what Flux is about, uh, what it's like being a creative in Wilmington in Delaware, and really your experience running an arts organization. Um, what is that experience like? Uh, you know, we can share with our listeners the real the real story, you know, on how how all these uh, wonderful projects come to be. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself and, you know, give our listeners a little little backstory? Um, my name is Jonathan Whitney. I'm a father. I'm a, a son. I'm a husband. I'm an artivist. I'm a composer. Um, Flux is a, a growth from. 45 years of life, you know, and it's also to come together into what this, what flux has become over the last two or three years. Um, so I'll just, I'll stop there. <laughs> I, hi, I'm Eliza. Um, I am a mom. <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm a person that dabbles in a lot of different art forms um, because I can't quite, keep my focus on one for long and uh yeah and i'm co-owner of flux so i'm excited to talk more about it today now i know you too but for for our our listeners you both got started uh or had some time with the delaware art museum and i know that had to be a, a tremendous experience and somewhat of a launch pad getting where we are today if you would explain to our listeners just a little bit of backstory about that and maybe what you did at the museum and like, how did that lead into uh, forming Flux? Yeah. I can. Um, so I worked at the art museum for about five years and it was an incredible experience. It was my first um, position in full time at an, at an art museum. I worked as a teaching artist uh, at different museums before but it was my first um, place where I really got to dig in and learn more about how arts organizations can affect a community. And so I managed the school and community partnerships and got to partner with a lot of different um, educational collaboratives in the city and find ways to really connect um, visual art to the human experience of students and of community members and um, found a lot of really great colleagues and mentors there and just a collection of people that care a lot about um, what they do and about the city that the the museum is situated in. So it was an incredible foundation for um, the work that we do. And through through that work, I also met Jonathan. Um, so I'll let you talk about what you did at the art museum. Yeah. So I came on, uh, I guess, a year or so into your time at the museum. To, uh, I came in charge with helping the museum connect with the community. So outward facing. Um, the joke around the museum was in my first year, I was never at my desk <laughs> because <laughs> I was always out, you know, meeting with people and seeing like what what's happening because really community work. And that's what Flux believes in is that community work happens outside of the institution, you know, meeting people where they are. Uh, so did a lot of that. And also I was um, charged with expanding the museum's performance series. So and really for me, performance and community work goes together because performances are cultural. 
And so those performances and the cultures that they reflect or grow from or grow out of are all represented within the people in our city. And so whenever we brought in a performance, we would connect those performances with uh, the cultures that they represented. Um, so the, uh, so that was the work I did within the museum for, I guess, three to four years. And Flux sort of grew out of a need for us to see what was next. You know, in the museum world, the common thing is you start out as an intern, you become a specialist, then you become an assistant manager, then a manager, then an assistant director, then a director. Um, but it doesn't really matter what institution you're at. Somebody may be an intern in Massachusetts and then go to California to become a specialist and then Minneapolis to become an assistant director and end up in, in Texas. Mm. Elias and I were invested in Wilmington, in Delaware, and so in order for us to grow, we, we, we just had conversations around like, what does that look like? Because we're not interested in doing community work in Chicago because our connection, right. <laughs> you know, this is where we, this, these are our people. Um, and so uh, we can talk, tell you a little bit about like that actual moment, like the watershed moment that where Flux was created. But what was leading up to it was this conversation of how do we reach more people? How do we affect more people's lives? How do we help more institutions become equitable when it comes to partnering with communities and not just giving out free tickets or free memberships or having free membership days? Like, what does it really look like? Um, so, yeah, I guess we could talk a little bit about like that moment. Um, May 31st in Wilmington, uh, May 31st, 2020, there was a riot. Um, hmm. This is the riots were all going around for um, around George Floyd right. and the many other black men that were being killed um, and continue to be killed. The um, but we had a riot in Wilmington, and so that night, Eliza and I were texting and on the phone, watching live streams from Jaquan and Ivan Thomas, and these people that were on the street, um, watching kids get pulled out of stores by um, by Eugene Young, and uh, and. We were, we, we were, our conversation was around what can we do as artists, as creatives? What's our role? You know, we're not, we're not going to go out and, and break into a store or we're not going to go out even like, and at that point, not, I wasn't able, I mean, the kids are home. I'm not even able to go out and help pull kids out of stores, you know, and send them home. Um, yeah, because it, it's important to remember that this was in May of 2020. So it was like we were in the middle oh. of lockdown and feeling hopeless and feeling lost. And then the world is starting to burn around us. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the next day we go out on Market Street and we have a conversation with Joe Del Tufo, another great friend. Yes. Um, Shout out to Joe. <laughs> yeah, and we all decide. We all come up with this idea of painting the panels because when we got out to Market Street and all the stores were pa- were putting up wooden panels because the rumor was that night there's going to be another round of riots. Ooh. That was what the word on the street was, mm. and so all the stores were putting up these wooden panels over their stores. And we were like, "What if we commissioned artists to paint these panels?" And so. Um, I connected with my brother who uh, he and his friends are on, he's on the executive track and he's friends with executives at DuPont. And we, we, we connected with Benjamin Whitney and Renard Hill and said, look, if you guys pay 
an artist $500, they can paint this panel. Mm. And so our first artist was James Wyatt. And on a panel that was on Space, Space Boy, and literally they Venmoed five or cash apped $500 to James Wyatt. And in five hours, because <laughs> it's James Wyatt, right? He works so yes. fast. Yes. In five hours, it was a masterpiece, you know? But in that moment, we that's really where Eliza and I began this conversation of like, you know what? It's time. It's time for Flux to happen. So that was May, and we officially became a business in September and left the museum at that point um, with their support. And we continued to um, work for them as Flux in you know various capacities and um, have a have a continued relationship with them, which we're very grateful for. And yeah, so that's that's kind of where it came from. It simmered for a really long time, and it was born out of a shared passion to do more in the community. And here we are. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And you know. I've had the the privilege to work with you two and and you're being modest right now because what you did at the museum was absolutely fantastic and and transformational and what you continue to do I know is the echo of that. Um so it's 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 you know wonderful to hear how it has bubbled up and got to this point and there's still so many wonderful relationships and things that are able to happen through this new entity, you know, so that's, that's a, a fabulous thing um, to hear. And, you know, for our listeners who some may not know, some may, some may know, but could you kind of like lay out what is a creative consultant? Um, just so people can know, maybe just sometimes, you know, when you explain to folks the day to day, they might not understand sometimes in the creative space, what it yeah. is, that happens every day to make some of these things actually come off the ground. Um, so could you, could you kind of uh, dive into that a bit? Yeah, I know it's been three years and I still don't have my like elevator pitch down pack. <laughs> it's so wide ranging and um, we end up filling a lot of different roles depending on who our clients are, um, which speaks to community work. I think in general is that there's, you know, you find a way to fill the need when it arises. And so um in large part, our work falls into a couple of buckets. And um, one is community engagement and finding a way for an institution to better connect with um, the constituencies that it is surrounded by. And that takes a lot of different shapes. It could be through focus groups. We've facilitated focus groups before. Um, it could be through community talkback sessions. It could be through staff training or it could be through um, an event. And so we do that work on all levels, sometimes from soup to nuts, where we're in the ideation of like, what is this going to be? And then here's what it looks like and managing that as it rolls out and hiring everybody or being there. And sometimes we're just there um, to get the ball rolling and to be in the meetings, to be a voice of um, an external perspective on these issues that institutions are um, thankfully really grappling with these days uh, and finding out different ways to take those steps. Um, so that's our community engagement and consulting side. And then we also help add bandwidth <laughs> to many other um, primary. Most of our clients are nonprofits currently. Um, 
And a lot of the nonprofits in this area in particular are filled with really passionate, but also really small teams trying to do big work. And so we can come alongside of those folks as people who have done that work before and um, book performers for their upcoming showcase or design a program that is going to be at that concert or write the grant so that they can make this program happen. So um, I am a writer and I moonlight as a graphic designer, which <laughs> I don't like to say, but it's, you know, like we said, we, we get the work done when we have well, to. Like she's like you said before, she's like not saying the truth because she's an amazing <laughs> graphic designer. Right, and, right. And Jonathan is obviously an amazing performer. And so, you know, we, we work with a lot of clients on, on working through musicians and performances and um, things like that. So it's, it's really broad, but because we know the community and we know the, um, the work and the people, we, we just find where we fit for that client yeah. and then do what needs to be done. <laughs> we, we very much bring all our whole lives into every day. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like when we think about like all the different things the two of us have done in our lives leading up to this point and on any given day, we might be thinking about incarcerated environments or thinking about a mural or thinking about presenting an artist and like what backline we need or, you know, really bringing our lives to the, to the world each day. And, and that's, that's great for, you know, folks to hear because, uh, you know, I don't think when you think of ha- having a creative profession, a lot of the times people underestimate the amount of hats that need to be worn. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean? uh, it, it's, it's in, in more just keep kind of just, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you laid it out that way. So folks can know that there's a lot of different pockets that it's, that your skills can speak to, you know, when, when you get into your, especially your own business um, in, in a creative space. Cause a lot of times they say artists are creatives and that business, you know, it doesn't mesh well, but that's, that's not necessarily, that's a myth, you know, that's, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, there can be some, you know, some, some cases, but um, I appreciate you laying it out that way because some listeners do need to kind of, kind of know what it looks like on the back end so they can appreciate the final result. And Messy. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like on the back end. <laughs> well, well the, the front end looks beautiful. So that's, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's what that's what folks see. So um and you know, with that being said, some of the projects you you've worked on up to this point has been, you know, a wide range. Are there some that stand out? Do you have some favorites uh you know that you would like to share? I mean even if we go back to that first project of the storefront murals, um, that that project was so beautiful to watch happen. We were able to uh, commission four artists for that, um, and two of the artists have works that are now in the state historical archive as are as um, documentation of that moment in our history. Mm. But. But, you know, we had artists like James who were already established and he's a great artist in his own right to young artists like a young Erica Jones, who did a beautiful piece, Odotoyan. Um, and that was one of her that was maybe her second work of that size. Mm-hmm. And to watch her grow through the process and to be a part of her story was amazing. Mm. You know, that's one of my, I mean, we have other stuff that we've done and like great artists that we've presented and all that kind of stuff for when it comes to early in our 
um, gestation as an uh, organization and watching the impact happen. And it wasn't even a, that was, that was actually something we did for free. It was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, and we don't, we don't produce a lot of events. That was like really the only flux pushed event ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my more recent ones, it's a, a little bit less like flashy on the back end, but um, we, one of our um, clients is City Fest, and we've been working for years with them on writing grants to fund the Urban Artist Exchange on the east side of Wilmington. Mm. And um, we've, in the past year, been able to secure a significant amount of funding, I and mean, we still need more, but to present a full summer concert series for the next three years is funded. And um, that was huge. And I, I, as the, you know, as a writer, that was like a really wonderful moment for me to be able to write, like get to write about something that I am really passionate about and then to have other people buy into that vision. And then also, you know, Tina Betts is obviously the like machine behind all of this and um, having her like being with her on that process. It's yeah, I've been able to learn so much through that process. And also now like getting to walk over to the site and see it like physically be finished building. It's just really cool to be on the, in the back end of that and be able to, experience all of the um change along as it's happening and that 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 is so wonderful to hear because that kind of leads into the next question on like do you feel that change once it happens what does it feel like and and also you know what is the impact of creativity would you say you know like just just not only as you know a profession but just almost as like a, a way of life, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, how do you, sh- how do you share that? You know, what, what does that look like for Flux? Oh, I think that hope is the impact of creativity. We, yeah. we see it all the time in our work and in, this is not an example from my current work life, but one of my very first um, interactions with the way that art can affect life was when I was working in a juvenile detention center and we are the nonprofit I was working for convinced them to allow the kids to have um, writing utensils and notebooks in their um, cells with them. And all of the self-harm instances that they were clocking on a monthly basis went down to zero after that in the center. And that was a moment where I was like, Oh, okay. Like this does something being able to express yourself and be creative does something for people. And then um, that's pretty much what led me onto my, you know, continue to pursue creativity. And we see it even like in the urban artist exchange, walking around that neighborhood now and talking to people about what's happening. Like you see the hope of like, this isn't a vacant lot anymore. And like somebody cares about my neighborhood and my kids will get to come here. And it's just like, it, it really infuses every day with purpose and hope is my experience yeah. of that. And I think the only thing I would add is possibility, like mm-hmm. creatives add possibility rather than seeing a problem. We see a problem to be solved. We see possibilities within a space. And so some of the organizations we get into and they've gotten to a point where they're like, we don't see how to get over this hump, but even just in them explaining the problem as creatives, we, we, we see all the possibilities. There's always, and it's funny, like things that are a given to me or to us as we're having a conversation, you know, to a client would be like, wow, we've never thought of it like that, you know? And I don't think it's because we're brilliant. I think it's because we're willing to look for possibilities. We don't mm-hmm. allow constraints that aren't actually made of steel, to keep our creativity inside. 
we see all the possibilities and we're able to live in that space of possibility. What do you see the future for Flux and what are some of the things that you would like to accomplish and, you know, make folks aware of? It's funny. One of the things we've been able to say is that when we started the business, we made three lists of people to contact and we've never made it through our first list. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah, we went through like so many names and they wow. said yes. And then they started telling their friends and they started telling their friends. And then next thing you know, and then like, oh, we saw you were doing this and we were sorry. So we've never actually had to do serious marketing around finding clients. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just we've been contacted um, for what we do. You know, we let our work speak for ourselves, for itself. And I, yeah, I think one thing about like the future of Flux that we can say too is that we, you know, created this out of our passion for community and for change. And through the last three years, Flux has really informed both of us in our personal pursuit of our passions and our, our lives. And so moving forward, I think we're both going to be doing more of that. Just, you know, Flux has really given us um, clear eyes to see which parts of the work we love and are best at and we'll continue to move forward in those parts. In the creative space, you're almost creating the future, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, because you're so intricately involved in so many different angles. The future is coming right, right from up here, you know, and and that's an awesome thing and been absolutely an honor to be talking to you today and 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 grow that out. So it's good to be able to speak with you and, and hear how Flux is growing. 